there, everyone. Welcome to the Homeschooling Family Podcast. Here, we discuss just about everything that comes into play when you're a Christian homeschooling family. I'm Leslie Nunnery, and on today's podcast, I'm excited to welcome Corey Johnson to the show. Corey is the founder of the Good Book Mom website, where she provides book reviews, lists, and more from a Christian perspective. Corey and I had a great time talking about the importance of reading with your children, how to choose books for your kiddos, the impact what our children read has on them, and a whole lot more. I promise you do not want to miss this episode. Before we dive into my conversation with Corey, though, I wanted to give a proper thanks to our sponsor on today's podcast, Alpha Omega Publications. You can simplify your entire homeschool year right down to the shopping with complete grade sets from Alpha Omega Publications. Containing all student books and teacher's guides available per grade level, each curriculum set contains everything you need to help your child succeed in up to five subjects. Best of all, you can save 15% now, plus get free shipping on all your favorite curriculum the entire month of May. Call 1-800-622-3070 or shop online today at aop.com. So now, without further ado, let's jump right into my conversation all about books with Corey Johnson. Well, Corey, I am so glad that you're here with us today. Would you take just a second and tell everybody out here listening kind of who you are and what your background is so that we can get to know you a little bit before we dive into talking about good books and why they are so important? Absolutely. Thank you, Leslie, for having me on. Um, my name is Corey Johnson, and I have goodbookmom.com, um, but I am a stay-at-home mom. I have three kiddos, and um, before that, I taught in the public school district. I have a vocal music ed degree, but since we had our first, I've been staying home since then, just blessed to be a stay-at-home mom, and um, books have always been important, and um, here we are now with Good Book Mom, so yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. Well, that is awesome. Well, tell us a little bit, what was the driving? Well, first of all, how old is, you know, this, your platform, Good Book Mom, and what was the driving force behind starting it? What were you trying to accomplish with it? Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's not that old. Um, I launched in November of 2019. Yay. So a little under a year and a half. Yeah. Um, and it was sort of a twofold thing. Uh, my oldest was getting into chapter books. And I, there was sort of this panic, like, mm. oh, what is in all these? And do I need to read everything beforehand? And so I started looking for resources. And um, there are other resources out there, but I didn't find something that had everything I wanted in a concise manner from a Christian viewpoint. Right. Um, right. And also, we looked around the house. My husband also is a lover of books. And we realized that we owned over 750 children's books. Wow, and that's thought, amazing. <laughs> I don't know if amazing is the right word. But <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that anyway. <laughs> yes, I'll take it. Absolutely. Um, and I will never, ever count again. But I thought, what 
what can I do with this, God? Like, I just felt like there was something that could come of this that would be good. And so after prayer and talking to my husband about it, it was like, I just, I want to do this. I want to make the resource that I desire for myself. And that's how Good Book Mom was born. You know, I get asked all the time about book recommendations and, you know, what's appropriate for a nine-year-old, what's appropriate for an 11-year-old, would you trust these books? And um, so it really is such a need and so many people are talking about it and and are looking for it. Mm-hmm. So I'm so glad that, that you're here and that God had already given you everything in your hands to create, you know, the start or the baseline resource there. I'm sure it doesn't cover just 750 books, but what a start, my goodness, that's incredible. Um, well, tell us a little bit, just kind of foundationally, why you, you're called the good book mom. So that would lead me to believe that there is a value in good books. Like there is some kind of an impact that books have on our kids. So can you talk a little bit about that, about the value and the impact that that what our kids read actually has on them? Absolutely. Um, I know that there there is a sentiment of if my child is reading, it doesn't really matter what they're reading. I'm just happy that they're reading. If they're enjoying something, just give them whatever book they will read. Um, but I mean, Philippians 4, 8 says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there is any excellent, if there's anything worthy, worthy of praise, think about these things. And I mean, the Lord knows that we as Christian adults need to take our thoughts captive, that we need to be careful about the things that we take in. So how much more true is that for our children who don't have adult minds, as well as maybe perhaps don't yet have saving faith in Christ? Mm -hmm. Um, And so what we take in through books and other mediums is important and it does affect us. It it is easy to say, I'm just glad that they're reading, but what they are taking in really does matter. And it really does affect us. And the Lord knows that, which is why he gives us instruction about right. it. Right. Oh, absolutely. I heard um, a statistic, not too, probably within the last year or so, uh, where they said that when they studied or when they surveyed college students, and that have walked away from their faith, the number one class that they noted as being kind of that that final straw that really led them to walk away from their faith was literature, which I think would hmm. astonish so many until you step back and you think, how much worldview are you getting in literature? Mm. How much oh, culture, yes. how much you know, normalizing of whatever they want to normalize? I mean, there's so much encapsulated in literature that it is mm-hmm. positively critical that we are mindful of what we allow our children to read. Um, and so, so, but when I heard that, I was like, it makes so much sense, but never in a gazillion years would I have thought of that as being mm. the main Uh-oh. reason you know, that made them walk away from their faith. Absolutely. Yes, I wouldn't have either. But now that you say that, I mean, we connect with stories. Yes. And and they speak to us. Um, and so, I mean, that isn't what I would have guessed. But now that you say it, it does make sense because those I things, know. they pull at our heart and they pull us either toward the Lord or away from the Lord because because they stories have great power over our hearts. 
Well, and they're so emotional too that, you know, oh, we're yeah. able to overlook stuff because it's intertwined with this very personal story. And so mm-hmm. that just makes us more immune to all of these things. And we don't even realize what we're accepting until we're so far down the road with it. Um, but I, I found that just fascinating and it really reinforces our call as parents, as we're teaching our children diligently to make sure that what they are cutting their teeth on is actually, you know, food that would be good for them and good for their mind going forward. Absolutely. And when, I mean, when children get older, you know, there is more of an opportunity to have discussions and, Mm -hmm. you know, to point things out in culture, but especially when they are younger, making sure what we are putting in front of them are things that are honoring to the Lord and are going to point them to Christ instead of fighting that battle earlier than you need to. Well, exactly, exactly. And I'm so glad that you brought up, you know, as they age, because as they age, you've got to, um, you, you actually have the opportunity to take advantage of conversation, teaching them to think critically and to think biblically, you know, based mm-hmm. on what they read. But a young child who doesn't have that foundation isn't equipped to do that. So if we're not being very careful of what they're, you know, what they're reading, what they're taking in when they're younger, and we're at the same time giving them a solid foundation to be able to think biblically later, then we're really, really missing the boat. Mm, yes, absolutely. So important when they don't have those skills themselves and they are they're, they're That's what they are looking to us for. That's what they need guidance for. Um, and so it, it is exhausting as a parent. Like I, I absolutely understand. Oh, they're interested in this graphic novel. Okay. And, and not that all graphic novels are bad. They are not. But um, oh, it's so much easier just to say, well, at least they're engaging their brain, but what yeah. are they engaging their brain and their hearts with? Right, right. Well, and then there's also the battle that every single parent fights. Everybody else is reading it. You know, my neighbor loves this mm. series. And and so, you know, so I would really love to hear how you encourage parents to even interact with, well, let's start back a little bit before we get in there. So how do you encourage family, uh, parents to find good books? What, you know, I know you have the good book mom side. How have you broken stuff up? What are some, some really good things for parents to look for? And then we'll kind of address some of the, the roadblocks or, or, or bumps in the road that parents may run into. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the goal behind good, good book mom, um, addresses books for children zero to 12. Um, and so when you're looking and, and most of the concern comes when you hit chapter books, mm-hmm. um, because parents, cause it's time consuming to right. read chapter books on your own, um, to, to screen everything for your child beforehand. And that's, I mean, that's, I understand that completely, which is, which is why Good Book Mama started. But um, so right now, you know, we are working to get um, as many reviews of chapter books up as possible because it's such a need to be able to look at something um, from a Christian standpoint, um, what, what a book has to offer, what exactly is in this. I try to give you as much information about the book um, mm-hmm. on the website beforehand so that you can make an informed decision. 
I give you not only my opinion, uh, opinion, but I also give you just as much information about questionable behaviors, language, um, any sexual content, anything like that. Um, anything that I would want to know right, before right. my child would read a book is what we try to have on the site so you can make an informed decision yourself. Well, that's incredible. And and that what that would also do is if you decide to allow your child to, re- to read said book, because, you know, he's a very mature 12 year old, you believe he has the foundation, whatever, at least, you know, what conversations to have when he gets to a certain part of the book or whatever. So, yeah, um, you know, I think that that would be incredibly helpful, whether it be a stop sign or a, you know, a yellow light that would, you know, kind Mm -hmm. of let you know there's caution here, but this could actually be a tool for you if, if he is mature enough and, and grounded enough to, to critically think his way through it and discern his way through it. Absolutely. And it's so funny that you use the stop sign visual because on my website, most of the books sort of fall in the middle category. I, Mm. I don't have a label on them. If I absolutely love them. I give them a star, which is called a mom's pick. But then if I really have a hard time with them, um, I put a stop sign on them and I call them mom stops. So that uh, just as a, as a, a warning for a parent to stop and think before giving this book to your child. Not that things can't be that yellow light, but there are some books that maybe you really want to think about before giving to your child. Yeah. No matter how well grounded they are. Right. And, and, you know, for us, sometimes that was, I take an afternoon and at least skim read it before I would allow it to be handed over. Um, Mm -hmm. Because I can, I can get a pretty good idea of something with a a pretty, with a quick skim over, over the book I found. Um, Mm -hmm. So I, I would encourage, and, and I don't know, you may disagree with me on this and please feel free to, I'm not at no point an expert, but um but I would encourage those of you that are super concerned and you do feel like you need to read everything, even, you know, some things that you don't have to spend quite as much time doing it as you may think that you do. Yes. Yes. I mean, um, some people aren't fast readers. I think Mm -hmm. maybe they, they feel that as a roadblock to, it feels daunting to have, you know, a book to read. Um, But yeah, I think that if you get, a couple chapters into a book. Now, you know, you're not going to know everything that happens, right. but it will at least give you um, the tone of the book. You right. will, you, you may not dig out everything that needs to be known, but it will at least give you um, a good idea going forward. And if you feel like your child is um, at a good place where they would be able to, like my, my daughter, I ask her like, because I mean, I'm in the process of reading so much myself too, but, but I don't have the time to screen everything for her right now either. And, and we are very open about what she's reading. And she, I mean, because I feel comfortable with where she's at, she is very honest. And she says, Oh, they said this word, they Mm -hmm. do this, you know, and I ask her, I ask her specific questions. So we have open conversation about it because I'm comfortable with where she at, where she's at. And she is willing to be completely honest with me about what's, what's going on in the book. So um, yeah, I mean, some parents may not agree with that either, but um, in an effort to um, get some more literature in front of her, uh, that's the path that we have chosen. Yeah. In fact, I think that that's a really good path. We, 
my children, for those of you who don't know, are are largely grown. I have a 21-year-old, a 19-year-old, a almost 18-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So um, mm. we've kind of walked and, and come out the other side. I have my third is graduating this year. So, um, oh, you know, we've got two in college and graduation happening next week for oh, my third wow. one. Um, Exciting. But one of the things that we found that was really, really good, I think it's good for our kids. It's It was good for us was they, we had a very open line of conversation. So if they were reading a book and they came to something that either I missed or it was an assigned book. And because let's just be honest, you get moving really fast. I was doing three uh, teen. I had three in high school at the same time. You, you know, you had, so I had three in middle school, three in upper elementary, all at the same time. I wasn't there. There were times that I just missed stuff, but if they came mm-hmm. upon anything that they knew, you know, we, this doesn't seem right. They brought it to me mm-hmm. and there were multiple times. Multi, I, I don't know how many there were, there were at least more than one <laughs> times with each <laughs> of them that we would just stop. You just stop the book. Mm-hmm. You did exactly right by bringing this to me. We'll read something else. We can get this part of American history or whatever from a different angle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely I think that that really first of all it it shows your kids that you're listening to them that you value their opinion on things so there's great value in that um but also it's teaching them to be looking for stuff as they go and not just being consumers that aren't involved in the process whatsoever Absolutely. They are thinking critically as they are reading and examining, holding things up to scripture, what they know to be true. Um, And so it's a great exercise. Absolutely. It it really, really is. Well, Corey, can you tell us a little bit as you know, you are, you said that you have books on there and recommendations and stuff ranging from zero to 12. So for those moms who this is just really daunting in general. How do I get my kids to read? What should they be reading? You know, kind of walk us through each stage of your kids' development. What are kind of normal expectations? You've got your amazing kids who are devouring chapter books at, you know, five. But, mm-hmm. but for most of us, you know, there's kind of this normal growth, this normal pattern of, of maturity. So what kind of would be the expectation as, as parents are looking at books that would be appropriate for each age group? Well, I think that something that parents need to consider is the investment of time as far as reading. And I would say reading aloud. Mm -hmm. At at every age, I think it's so important um, to be reading aloud with your children. And I mean, it starts at birth. But if you are reading aloud with your children um, consistently, you will be able to see what they are drawn to, see the types of books that interest them. Um, I had a mom ask me, do you have recommendations for um, a 10-year-old boy? And I said, well, what does he like to read? And she said, I don't know. Hmm. Um, And so if if you have nothing to sort of um, measure where your child is, what they're interested in, what things they like to read, what's what types of books they like to, you know, if, if you have nothing to gauge that off of, it's going to be hard to engage your child regardless of where they are. Right. So I think reading aloud with them, making that part of your routine um, from the youngest age possible is so healthy. Um, it will get your kids not only hearing so many different stories, but I mean, there's, 
there's so many studies on the benefits of reading out mm-hmm. loud. Um, and that will get your child more interested in reading regardless of their age. Um, and so I would say start that as soon as possible, reading out loud more than you are now. And I know that some people, it's, it's a part of their, um, it's just a part of their daily lives and they're doing it all the time. But if it's not something that you are doing, um, trying to, even if it's just family time in the evening, um, winding down, that's usually when we do it. We, we have a read aloud book that we can all listen to together. Something that is, um, friendly. Um, and, and we, we read together and, um, it has been beneficial for everyone in the family. So I would say reading aloud is the biggest thing that you can do for your kids. Well, and, and one of the great benefits of reading aloud as a family is you're, you're able to introduce them to literature that is beyond their reading ability. So you're able to kind of pull them along too. Um, and, and that is very, very beneficial. Plus they sound what, or they hear what the natural rhythm of reading aloud sounds like, which especially as homeschoolers Mm -hmm. can be a lot more difficult because you don't have reading groups and stuff like that, like they would in a classroom setting. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yes. There's, there's so, there's so many good things about reading. And I mean, I'm sure many of your listeners are plugged into like read aloud revival. Um, but there's just so many good things, um, to benefit your children, yourself, um, about reading aloud as a family. And yes, you will be engaging them in things that they couldn't read on their own, but that right. they can understand, they can grasp, Um, And things that will resonate with them as children. And then they, you know, they may want to come back to those and read those on their own um, when they're older. There's just so many good things to say about it. (laughs) Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you this kind of as a follow up. How do audio books fit into that, you know, into the equation of what your children are reading and hearing and that kind of thing? Sure. Yeah. I did have somebody recently ask me about this. I unfortunately haven't tread much into audiobooks but I have friends that have and I I have heard um I have a friend who uses her instead of reading aloud as a family that she she's got really young ones right now mm-hmm. and she she puts on um a an audiobook and is able to listen with the children and fold laundry at the same time right Right. Um, and so she's because because that's where she's at in life. Like she needs she needs that extra time to get other things done with where her, the age of her children. Um, I think audiobooks are fantastic, and I think that they engage. Um, I, I mean, engage your brain obviously differently than um, like if you're on a. I always go to them for road trips. Oh but, yeah. But people make use of them so much better at home too. I myself have faltered and haven't done that quite as much I think maybe because I enjoy the process of reading yeah. <laughs> so much um, that I don't want to give that to somebody else exactly but an incredible tool um, especially like if you have um, one who doesn't a child maybe who doesn't engage well themselves with independent reading this mm. could be a, that could be a great bridge to that okay with their independent reading time if it feels overwhelming for them make sure they're reading independently but maybe break that time up um, and use an audiobook for some of that time too so they're still hearing um, stories they're still getting input that's positive um, but maybe not feeling as exhausted with the reading themselves 
Right, right. Well, and I found as when my kids were younger that they would, if we had an audio book for something, first of all, a lot of times they actually read the book after anyway, um, because mm, they would sure. enjoy it. They it, it would like they wanted it they wanted more and so at that point it's like yep go read it um but yeah. also we had two or three series that they just loved and they would listen to that as they went to sleep because the way it was narrated was so soothing and stuff mm. like that and um these were series that were actually written by a, a man that speaks that teach them diligently he's phenomenal um but but those they actually listened to over and over and over again. And they were rather allegorical and just mm. learned so much, almost passively. Like they didn't even realize what they were doing. Sure. Um, but there are a lot of ways to, to allow audiobooks to really work for you. Oh, absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. I love hearing that. That's great. Well, and, and one more encouragement I wanted to shout out to those of you that are, you know, in the trenches with kids and you're like, my child just will not read. He, <laughs> I am dying mm. here because no matter what I do, he will not read. Um, I have my two oldest are boys. They were not super keen on reading when they were younger. Um, they are both in college now. They, they have the day off of school today for a day of rest before exams start. So they're both actually here. One of them is cleaning his room and like literally. Literally, right before I got on to record the podcast, he was cleaning off his bookcases and he said, I think I need to post on Instagram a picture of all of these books because now he is amassing as many as he possibly can get. So they do oh, grow up and they mature and they they see the value of it. I mean, he is reading constantly now. And if you would have asked me that five, six years ago, I would have laughed in your face um, mm. because that just seemed like there's no way my child is not a reader. He doesn't care, you know, just give him a basketball mm -hmm. and we're golden. Um, yep. He still loves, he still loves to have a basketball in his hand, but he also <laughs> has, has developed into much more well-rounded. My second son is actually a history major. So you can imagine how much he is reading every day. Oh, um, absolutely. So, you know, it's really, really cool how you're laying this foundation and you're showing them that it's important and it could be years and years before you actually see them take off to the races so don't get discouraged mm -hmm. just be faithful as in everything else allow them mm -hmm. to see good literature help them understand how to think through it and then just give them every opportunity to grow in that absolutely and 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 I think part of that reading aloud too allows you to find the joy in it with them too. yes because some of those children may not find the joy in it themselves yet when they struggle. Right. Um, but if, if you're able to find that joy in it as a family to, you know, reading stories that resonate with them and that they are excited about, like that will continue to spark that um, excitement about stories and reading. Um, it will keep that going, even if they are struggling at, in that moment with desiring it themselves. Well, yeah, I mean, and if there's a fluency problem, if they're slow to really, really gain that fluency, um, it's kind of like when you're exercising and you're doing something that's really hard, you don't really want to keep pushing through it. <laughs> You'd much rather walk mm -hmm. away. Um, well, it's the same mm -hmm. with our kids. So once they finally get to that level of fluency, you might see that that change. But we also have to be gracious and understand that you'd walk away from you know, those 800 sit-ups that you're supposed to be doing. If, you know, if it, once it gets to where it's kind of hard and there's that pushback, well, so our kids run into that with reading sometimes too. And it's just not enjoyable because they don't feel like they're good at it. Um, and so it's much mm -hmm. easier to yeah. just run away than barrel through it and get good at it. 
but the Lord is so faithful and he tends to, as they're growing up and they're maturing and their brains maturing and all of these things, he weaves all those, all those um, threads together so that they do get that fluency. They do learn. And just like with every other skill, then they're off to the races with it. Yes. Yes. For some kids, it does. It takes more time and yes, they don't, they, they push back and they, um, they're not excited about it because right. it is so hard. And of course, I mean, that, I feel that way too. It's like, well, if I'm, if I'm not good at this, why am I going to keep doing it? So of yep. course children are that way too. Um, but yeah, that's why I think too, it's important to keep the joy in reading, mm-hmm. um, whether where, wherever they are on the spectrum of, 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 of learning. Right. Right. Totally agree. Well, Corey, we are about out of time. So before we go, can you tell us again where everybody can find you? I know that um, you're on Instagram and you have a website and that kind of thing. But also, I want to link some resources down below. So so could you tell us some of the resources that would be really, really helpful for parents kind of as a getting started with a good book mom type of, of an introduction? Sure. Yeah. So goodbookmom.com is the website. Um, and I have found, and I am this way too, parents love book lists. (laughs) I love to get a whole list of books. Um, (laughs) and my, my most popular one right now is, um, the top five books for your child's spiritual growth. Mm -hmm. And I have a huge disclaimer that obviously the Bible is all you need. (laughs) These are simply supplemental right but if you are looking for some supplemental resources um my top five books uh, for your child's spiritual growth are incredible books Mm. wonderful resources um to have um and i'm on instagram at good book mom um i'm on pinterest too at the good book mom and Good Book Mom was taken, but I'm at The Good Book Mom. <laughs> um, and yeah, and at goodbookmom.com, um, I, I'm, I always have new lists coming up too, um, like the spring book list, uh, picture book list. And so I compile um, picture books about like this one is about spring. And so then I have like a downloadable file that has all the books. And then I do questions that you can ask your child I call Mm. them dig deeper questions and so you can download um, the book list and it has like three or four questions with each book so that you can get um, a whole bunch of spring books from the library have questions to ask them afterwards and really engaging in conversation with your child after reading Perfect. Perfect. Well, Corey, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really been, it's been a lot of fun just talking books with you. I, it's my, one of my favorite subjects, if you can't tell. (laughs) (laughs) I can, I can. That's what makes it so fun. You're welcome. And for the rest of you, thank you guys for joining us today. And I look forward to talking to you again real soon. joining us today. We believe that every family is called to teach them diligently. So we're here to help. We would love to get to know you this year at one of our four live Teach Them Diligently events. And then throughout the year, when you become part of the Teach Them Diligently 365 community, check out the notes from today's show for more details about what we discussed today, as well as all of these other resources that Teach Them Diligently has to offer. Have a wonderful day, and I look forward to talking to you again real soon.